Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. It's that time again. It's time for the College Football Roundtable. As of Saturday, Disney is no longer the most magical place on earth. It is Knoxville, Tennessee. The Tide loses on a special teams play, which over the years seems to be the trend for the program. I mean, usually when, when Bama drops one, there's a special teams play that's involved. Got the kick six and now the uh, glorious 40-yarder that uh, won the game for the Volunteers. Michigan escapes the state pen, and we're at the midpoint of the college football season. What's up, Trash Talkers? Welcome back to College Football Roundtable, if you prefer. It's uh, Ring Knocker Radio. We got two O's and an NCO. I'm your host, Rob, out of Fayetteville, North Carolina. We got Daniel Icabesa on the mean streets of Manhattan and 7-0 and Trigger Joe. We're just going to keep updating that one until something changes. How's it going today, guys? Good, man. Super impressed by Joe's ability to stay hot. Although I was 3-0 this week, so I'll take it. How about you, Joe? Oh, man. I was going to say, thank God. Thank goodness I'm hot because it's cold up here, brother. Uh, um, dude. Yeah, I- I'm feeling it right now. And uh, I think I think... Vegas is finally going to catch on to Illinois because that's two weeks in a row that they were dogs and thumped to their plan. And uh, how about Tennessee plus seven, Dano, winning outright? Oh, beautiful. I'll take it, man. What a, what a game. Upset over Alabama. Yeah. We had, I, the, uh, I, go ahead, man. We had the tailgate TV going in the, uh, after the Army game watching that uh, um, Tennessee-Alabama game and People just kind of kept matriculating over into the tailgate. Check out what was going on. It was really fun. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. All right, so we'll move on to the top ten real quick. So Georgia is now number one. Uh, they had no change. They had 31 first-place votes. Ohio State, that was inactive. Uh, they were idle last week. They got Iowa this week. Uh, we'll see if that changes. Tennessee flip-flops with uh, Bama and actually jumps up to uh, third. So they went up plus three. Michigan is uh, 7-0. and They got uh, – one slot up, they went from five to four, uh, and they're plus one. Clemson uh, dropped from four to five, and, geez, I screwed that one up. Old Miss is number six. Number seven is TCU. Number 10 is, or number nine is UCLA, and number 10 is Oregon. Regardless of how the top ten shapes up, I mean, I think the top five are going to be the top five until uh, the playoff committee makes their releases, and then they play each other head-to-head. I think that's the only thing that's going to determine – uh, the difference in some of these contests is the head-to-head matchup. So now in the SEC, you're looking for SEC supremacy between Tennessee and Georgia since uh, Bama got bumped off by Tennessee this weekend. And, of course, the game the Saturday after Thanksgiving is probably going to be a lot more important. Just looking at the records, I think both of those teams will be undefeated going into that contest in Columbus this year. And uh, I think that'll be an interesting game. Ole Miss is quiet, but they are crushing it. They're seven and zero in the SEC. That's uh, almost impossible to, to. How are we not talking about that? I think Ole Miss is a for real team. They're slowly chipping away. Uh, TCU looks dangerous, man. Their offense, yeah. yeah, their offense is 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 crazy good. Their defense, hey, it's a Big Twelve, but they're still winning games. That overtime game against Oklahoma State was amazing to watch. If you didn't check that one out, again. 
Group of five teams getting no love in the top 10. You only have two group of five teams that have broken into the top 25, so that's Cincinnati and Tulane. Top 25 losses this week, of course, is uh, Bama being the most notable, Penn State, USC, Oklahoma State, NC State, and JMU knocked themselves out. And that's unfortunate because, you know, James Madison, they're kind of in a unique place. So if they run the table, even if they win six games, they're not bowl eligible. They might get a waiver just because they're doing so well this season. But because of the the transition from FCS to FBS, they have to take like a year off to get all their, their planning and everything done. But I think because of the COVID year and everything else that's going on, if those guys are, are, are postseason eligible, I think they should give them the nod. Absolutely. Um, but you can't lose to Georgia State, man. Yeah, true. They're, well, my, they're my new, they're my new like ne- arch nemesis. Uh, beat <laughs> Army. They come off <laughs> Madison, but like your record's 500. It's like, dude, do you guys want, do you show up to play every Saturday or are you guys phoning some in? Like, how's this happening? They did the same thing last year. They started real slow and then beat That's Coastal. Coach. Yeah, wound up. I mean, it was it's crazy. That team has all the talent in the world. I mean, they've really got a lot of good players. You could see it on the field when they played Army. Like, that's a huge team with a lot of speed. Yeah, I think that, that Georgia State is is sleeping on themselves, which is really what makes them a bad team. Like, if they were to show up and play as hard as they did in some of these contests every game, I think that would be cool. Not on here, but pretty notable upset that uh, was not in the top 25 or talked about was Old Dominion beating up on Coastal. Like, Old Dominion, like, beat Coastal pretty handily, and that sucks because they're Army, uh, former Army opponent. But that just goes to show, like, these teams that are starting to creep up from FCS into FBS, when they're making the plunge, they're actually doing it right because they're they're really holding their own against some some decent programs. And if it would have been five years ago, we would have said, oh, Coastal, Old DU, nobody cares. That game doesn't matter. But this past weekend, that was actually a legit football contest. So if you haven't checked out the highlights on that one, highly encourage you to do that. Uh, others receiving votes in the top 25. The spoiler makers, Purdue got 95 votes, LSU got 87. And uh, really the only one of note that I would uh, toss out there, and there's just, just because they're a former uh, Army opponent, is Liberty. They got two uh, first-place votes. And James Madison got six, even though they fell out of the top 25. But again, like you're starting to see these teams, like I said, come from FCS into FBS and start. They're making waves, and I think that's good particularly just based off a of location. If you notice, like these teams that are doing well have a, have a tie to Virginia and there's a lot of athletic, you know, athletes in that area. It's just North of the Mason Dixon where, you know, most of your speed gets recruited in the South. However, uh, when you look at how those teams are playing, they're doing pretty good. Uh, dive into service Academy football real quick. Navy lost to SMU uh, 40 to 34. I think the most interesting part of the game was donkey taking a crap on the field. I think that kept uh, everybody's interest for a few seconds as the game was delayed and everybody was like, what's taking so long? And the ESPN announcers, of course, didn't have anything to talk about but them cleaning up the horse crap, so it just made it that much more painful. Air Force smoked UNLV in a game that I don't think anybody but on the left coast watched. Their final score was 42-7. to Air Force looked good another week. They're up and down. It's just completely inconsistent, and I think that's the biggest thing that we can say about all three service academies is inconsistent play this season. Army beat Colgate. 42 to 17. The best part of it is, is the uh, army got to rest some of their nicked up starters. We dove pretty deep into that uh, discussion as they're getting ready to play ULM this weekend. They have a good chance of beating this team pretty handily because UN- ULM is a not so great program. I mean, they, they, they're another one of those teams that kind of moved up, had a surge where they looked pretty good for a year or two. And then now like recruiting is starting to catch up with them again. 
you're the University of Louisiana Monroe. You're complete. You're competing with LSU, Bama, and then everybody else that's in the the Pac-12 or not the Pac-12, the Big 12 and the SEC to kind of get recruits. So it makes it a little bit more difficult. Dan, you want to take the uh, Commander-in-Chief's Trophy status? Yeah, well, um, obviously we don't know what's going on with the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy. I mean, you got Army Air Force in the early November. That game's going to be important because our Air Force with the win over Navy, um, you know, if they win that one, they'll just win the trophy outright. Otherwise, we're looking at a pretty big game in December, which frankly is what I'm expecting. Uh, but who knows what Air Force team is going to show up. They've been all over the place, just like you said. And, you know, real quick on uh, ULM. Like they're right in the wrong place for the transfer portal because their their good kids are getting nicked up by SEC programs or Power Five programs to say, hey, you know, you don't have to play Louisiana Monroe, you can come up here and play in the Power Five, and so now they're trying to scavenge and there's there's like such a such so much competition for the also rants, you know, like the fifth linebacker at Alabama, and I don't know how many of those battles ULM is winning over, say, Coastal or Georgia State. Yeah, I think I think the transfer portal is really starting to affect college football, you know, and, and again, we talk about name, image and likeness a lot, but the transfer portal is just as bad. I think bad. I hate to say it that way, but it's like free agency in college football. Right. So like one minute, a guy that you like is playing for Oklahoma the next year. He's playing like look at Trey Sermon. Like if he wouldn't have got hurt in the Northwestern game towards the tail end of the season, who knows how Michigan and Ohio State would have ended up. But you wouldn't even have known that that guy was playing for Oklahoma for all those years. And then all of a sudden he shows up and shows out at another school. But uh, Joe, you had a comment? Yeah, no, I totally agree with the transfer part. Um, I think the NIL, they don't really, it's, it's so, so early in its infancy that they don't really know that whether it's good or bad yet. I believe it's going to eventually be uh, monitored quite heavily, but the transfer portal, like uh, Colorado state got nine guys from Nevada and, including three coaches and six players. That's not right. That's not right, because the University of Nevada got hosed on that deal. I mean, the, the coach left, and he's told four or five players, hey, come on with me, like it was the movie Any Given Sunday, and he was talking, you know, the Al Pacino-Jamie Foxx move where he left and signed him. Well, he did that. Yeah. Four years ago, obviously that was like, oh, yeah, it's a nice thought, but you can't take your quarterback with you. Now you can. And uh, yeah. I, I, I absolutely loathe that part. Yeah, look at the success that uh, chemistry, makeup, look, everything overnight. It's like, how do you scout that? But yeah. anyways, and, I, I believe that uh, that's going to get uh, eventually regulated myself. So sorry. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at the success that USC had too, you know, so you you look at freaking old Lincoln Riley jumping from from Oklahoma going out to USC and taking his quarterback with him, and everybody was talking about Caleb Williams last year, like, hey, this kid's the future of Oklahoma. He's going to be great. He's going to be the next great, you know, Oklahoma quarterback, uh, like along the lines of the Baker Mayfields and the Kyler Murrays, and they were lumping, you know, Caleb Williams into that same batch of quarterbacks, and then all of a sudden he's in California, and yeah. and he doesn't have to sit out, and I think that's. That's the main part is, you know, once you transfer, if you still have eligibility, there's no requirement for you to redshirt. And I think that honestly is the part that hurts the most, because I think a player would be less apt to pull the trigger if he had to sit out for a year as he previously had to versus what he has to do today. Well, that's another thing. Do you want your quarterback to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's adversity here? No, I don't want that. I don't want that kind of mindset in my quarterback. Like, oh, I got to work to start. I'm going to have to battle. This, you'll just give it to me? Okay, I'll take what you just – well, the, what are you going to do in the fourth quarter when you got a high ankle sprain probably and you're down four? 
you're going to quit if that's your mindset. I don't want my quarterback to say, well, let me give me give me the easiest path. I'll even go to play at Colorado State then. Well, good call. Look how Colorado State's doing. Yeah. Well, we we beat we beat this part up to death, but uh, we'll continue on really quick with the the. <laughs> it's good, no, no, it's a good conversation. It's a it's part of college football now, so we can't avoid having the conversation. But uh, looking at the FCS academies, you got the Coast Guard Academy. They're two and five. They're clearly better on the water than they are on the land because they lost a close one to Catholic this weekend. They have MIT this week. Uh, Merchant Marine Academy is five and one. They shut out MIT seventeen to nothing, and then they take on. Uh, Catholic this weekend in D.C., so they flip-flopped opponents between the service academies in the FCS arena. All right, Joe, so now it's time for you to, to kind of lay down who is your Blue Falcon of the week. You know what? It's, it's, I, I, I hate going Big Ten heavy, but I'm going to. Um, you know, Penn State, come back when you have a team, okay? And James Franklin, I'm sick of the hype this dude gets every year, and Penn State comes out and goes 8-3. and three. Nine and three, eight and four. Like, man, I was so stoked for that game, and it was over midway into the second half. So, my Blue Falcon of the Week is Penn State, who's supposed to be the second tier underneath Michigan and Ohio State in the Big Ten, coming out and laying an egg. And these middle of the road Big Ten teams, like uh, Minnesota, five weeks ago, they were number five. Penn State does this crap every year. Where they come out and it's like, oh, look out. Oh, look out. They're going to be. Then they go eight and three. So my Blue Falcon of the Week is Penn State and the effort they put forth this this weekend because Michigan absolutely throttled them. Wow. Okay. So Nittley Lions, you are on notice. Yeah. Go ahead and buy your T-shirt. You are the Blue Falcon of the Week. Let's talk about games of the week real quick. Again, Wednesday night games, getting after it. Hey, this one will probably be a pretty good game. So you've got Georgia State and App State playing at 7.30 on ESPN2 on Wednesday. I think both of these teams are kind of seeking their identity. You've got Georgia State, that's 500. App State, that's dropped a couple. Uh, this one will be for some respect. And these are both really good teams that can actually play some football. So if you're looking to watch a football contest, I would tell you to, to check that one out. Uh, App State and Georgia State, 7.30 ESPN on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday on the 20th, we've got Troy and South Alabama. At first I was like, Oh, I don't know if this game is going to be any good. And then I watched the highlights of South Alabama against the uh, ULM because I was prepping to watch the, the, the ULM game. And that offense is pretty potent. And so Troy's a good team, future army opponent in South Alabama coming off of the whooping that they put on ULM. I think that would be a good game to watch too. That's probably better then your Amazon Prime uh, Thursday night football. I don't know if you've been watching that, but, uh, but Al Michaels has been laying an egg just about every week on the commentary. So if you want to watch a game with some good commentary, probably pull up the home feed on the Varsity app if they have it for uh, NFL games and listen to your home broadcast because it is getting pretty rough on Thursday night football. All right, Friday, October 21st, you got Tulsa and Tempo. Eh, Tulsa and Temple. Maybe not a game to watch, but I mean, both of those teams are kind of so-so, but I think that'll be good to good game to watch this Friday if you have nothing else to do. You got UAB and Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is quietly doing pretty pretty so-so. They're a streaky team. They're up and down. They're usually, you know, one year they're good, one year they're terrible. UAB, they're the Blazers. They're fighting, you know, contrary to, pre uh, contrary to popular belief. Every game that UAB wins helps their program stay alive because they have been talking about canceling that program a couple of years ago. So by winning, it just gives them a little bit more uh, salt to, to stay in the game. 
early kicks on Saturday. You got Indiana and Rutgers on the Big Ten Network. You got UT Martin and Tennessee. That's a cupcake game for for Tennessee. But you know, hey, stranger things have happened in college football. Maybe they'll play them tough. I seriously doubt it, but uh, I think that'll be a good game. Hopefully, it's a trap game by definition, though, if you look at it, because you have a team that just won against a really tough rivalry team. They have first time that they've won against Alabama since 2006. At home, highly emotional win, and then they're taking on a school that they should handily beat. And so don't be surprised if the first quarter, first half of the first quarter is a little bit sketchy for Tennessee just because they're having that emotional letdown from that big win. And then uh, I'm sure that they will take over when the power of the depth chart at Tennessee takes over the game. Vegas feels the same way. There's no line on that game. Yeah, I, I, it, I think it'll be interesting. I think I think it'll be a, a halfway decent spread at least 14 and a half but uh i don't think that'll firm up until the end of the week so you're looking at ulm and army kicking at noon again that that's a toss-up and that's again that's like army's in the same situation this week as they were last week you know every game is a must win honestly they need to go one and zero every week until the end of the season and uh we, again we covered that in much more depth on the on the other show you got kansas and baylor that looks to be a good game again it's it you know Believe it or not, if you want to watch some good high-scoring football contests, watch the Big 12. Like, those guys are out of control because there's zero defense and about 600 yards of offense every week. You've got Iowa at Ohio State. If it was Ohio State at Iowa, I would be concerned because Kinnick Stadium is like kryptonite to the Buckeyes sometimes. So you have to watch out for that one. But they're playing at home, so it shouldn't be that big a deal. Syracuse and Clemson, those are two undefeated teams in a ranked-on-ranked matchup. That will be a great game to watch. Houston plays Navy. Uh, that's ESPNU at noon. Uh, afternoon kicks, uh, big games that I think that you should check out. I think Georgia Southern and Old Dominion will be a good game. Those guys are pretty tight, and they're playing pretty well. Memphis at Tulane, who's ranked uh, number 25. Got BC and Wake Forest at 3.30 on the – like, that should be interesting. I Like, Boston College is another one of those ACC teams that, like, they could be 3-3 three and three going into any contest at somebody else's place and upset them at home. And I think that's perfectly reasonable with Wake Forest, not to say that Wake is going to backslide, but they've, they've slowly been creeping up and performing better and better each week. But uh, I don't know if Boston college has enough juice. You've got UCLA and Oregon. That should be an interesting game. UCLA is finally starting to get a little bit of respect. Oregon really, you know, the only loss they had was to the previous year's, you know, champion to Georgia and every other game they've been playing pretty solid. So that should be a good game. You've got Texas and Oklahoma state. Woo folks take the over on that one. Like if you're not going to, if you're going to put some money down, take the over on that one. Cause I think again, big 12, no defense, Oklahoma state's offense is pretty potent. And with, uh, O'Quinn Ewers being healthy, like the Texas offense looks completely different as it, as it did when he wasn't in. So I think that's going to be a good game. You've got Ole Miss, who's undefeated, going uh, into Death Valley. That's LSU. Uh, evening kicks, big things. You guys got Mississippi State and Alabama. Can Alabama bounce back? That one's going to be tough. I haven't looked at the line on that one, but uh, I would definitely take the over if uh, – and here's why. Because anytime – yeah, anytime Bama loses, Saban comes back with a vengeance on whoever it is. Like, you, you could be, you know, the freaking – San Francisco 49ers playing Alabama and he's going to hang 70 on them just because 
he's pissed off and he's got to he's got to pass the eye test, right? So you lost to Tennessee, which is a great game, but uh, now you had to start banking some street cred to get points back, and so I think Bama will, will, will put it on them. Uh, you got Boise State and Air Force. That should be an interesting one, Mountain West matchup, and it's actually at a decent time, so it's kicking at seven o'clock, so you can actually watch that game without staying up until the the ass end of the night. You've got Minnesota and Penn State. Again, that's that's the uh, battle of the middle tier in the Big Ten. I mean, if you're if you're a fan of either one of those teams, it'd probably be worth watching. I think it'll be a good game, but it, you know, it's it's middle tier Big Ten football. You got K State at TCU. That's another one. To take the over. Like that one's going to be ridiculous. And I just because K State is doing good. Like I said, if if Martinez would have transferred out of Nebraska a year sooner. If he would have taken advantage of that COVID year and transferred in 2021 before Frost got the boot, I think he would have been a better option at any other Big 12 school. But uh, he's playing incredibly well. He's not. They're not talking about him Heisman-wise just because, you know, it's K-State. Like, nobody really cares what's going on there. But he's playing well. Yeah, absolutely. And – all right. Well, that, that's pretty much it for the slate for Saturday. We've got some more games in there, but we're not going to, to belabor the point. Dan, what game are you going to be watching this week? Yeah, I mean, if Navy can hang with Houston, then I'll actually be a believer. Even if they don't win the game, but they just keep it respectable, that's going to be pretty impressive. Uh, their offense has definitely come around. Uh, of course, the Army game we've talked about, that's a must win. I mean, Black Knights have got to have that game. And Air Force, you know, they really should beat Boise State. But it seems like they never do. So, and Boise's not particularly good this year. But it's it's an interesting contest. Like, what Air Force team is going to show up? Are they literally going to show up every other week? Because that is what we've seen. And uh, yeah, lastly, you know, working in New York, know a lot of people who went to Q's don't really believe Syracuse can hang with Clemson. But I guess we'll see. Yeah, that's fair. What about you, Joe? Um, I'll, I'll be peeking at the Iowa Ohio State game. Um, I don't like that line at minus twenty nine points. I think Ohio State could win that game. Um, it's two really good defense, but, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, and then Syracuse and Clemson at noon. Um, I think Syracuse is um, getting a little disrespected with this line. Um, so I, I'm interested to see how they, because they came out and shut NC State down last week, and Clemson gave up 20 to them. So should be interesting to see, because Clemson didn't look invincible against Florida State. Um, I know because that was the end of my parlay and they covered, but, but uh, just by just by six. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see that one. And then 3.30, I'm going to be watching Texas, Oklahoma State. Man, I want to see some fireworks on that one. And I believe that's another one where I think Oklahoma State's getting a little disrespected at home, getting six points. Um, needless to say, they're going to be in my bets. And then Kansas State and TCU, I cannot wait to see the Battle of the Purple. Um, the toughest purple team in the nation is going to come out of that game. So uh, I got the Horned Frogs in that one, but it's going to be a good one to watch. Yeah, for sure. And, and for me, again, you've we've all touched on the ones that I'm going to be watching. Iowa at, at Ohio State, I think it's a death trap if you're playing at Iowa. I, I don't care who you are. If you're undefeated going into Iowa, you're probably going to lose. That's just the way that it is. Something about that stadium has the ability to suck talent out of whatever team is playing there. Uh, really. The big question, though, for that game is, does C.J. Stroud really step up and kind of solidify his lead in the Heisman race? Because, again, you know, Bryce Young played a great game, uh, lost to Tennessee. If C.J. Stroud shows up and throws another six-touchdown game, then, like, he's in rarefied air. He's already there 
as far as Ohio State quarterbacks is concerned. He's one of the first guys to throw three consecutive 300-plus uh, yard games and have six touchdowns in three consecutive games. That's a lot of points. And so just scoring-wise, he's probably one of the most prolific passers in college football, regardless of what school you're in. But if he doesn't show up for this game, then I think uh, it, it puts – it puts it back into Stetson Bennett's hands. And again, I think you're in a two-man race right now for the Heisman between uh, C.J. Stroud and Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett showed up this weekend, had a couple touchdown passes, had a couple touchdown runs, but here's the thing, they weren't playing anybody of significance. And so really, to set yourself apart in the Heisman, you've got to play big in big games, and it sounds cliche, but that's kind of the way that it goes. And again, K-State and TCU, straight-up shootout, man. Like, if you want to watch... Like, thank God neither one of those guys are my team because I couldn't have the heart attack. I love watching college football where there's a whole bunch of scoring so long as it's not a team that I'm really invested in because then it becomes a nail-biter and I don't like to watch those. But I have no dog in the fight between TCU and K-State, so whoever wins that game, it's going to be awesome. I think there's going to be a lot of offense scored. Don't be surprised if they score 100 points. I think the line is like 68.5. I think it's going to be well over that uh, points-wise at the end for the total. And again, I'll be checking in on Bama and Penn State just to see which which team will bounce back better because I think both of those teams will win. I just don't know how by how much or how significant. But all that being said, let's pick some games. Dan. Weekly Locks. I went uh, I went three and zero last week. That was pretty cool. I was I was super happy. So I'm going to take uh, both Army and Navy over. Um, you know, we've given Navy's defense a lot of credit and have been really good, especially against the run. But, but kind of like Army, they've been getting beat over the top, like a ton, in some of these American contests. And it's amazing because they're actually playing well against the American Conference. Like they're winning games, but it's because their offense has come around. What a weird, weird season for the mids. So anyway, I think the over-under is like 51. I'll take that over. And Army, I said this on the uh, both on our show and on the preview today. You know, a couple of years ago, I would have taken this to be a low-scoring game, Army versus ULM. This week, no. Army's offense is potent. They've been giving up a ton of points too. Take the over. That's fifty-five and a half. And uh, yeah, that's it. Just two picks for me. All right, Dan has got two picks again over on both service academies: Army at fifty-five and a half, and Navy at over fifty-one. I think both of those are pretty reasonable for me. I went one and two, man. I got smacked around because uh, some of the shenanigans that happened. Uh, TCU and OSU went 68 and a half. Uh, Kansas lost by 10, which is kind of disappointing because I wanted to see them bounce back, but I don't think they're going to have a strong uh, – I don't think they're going to have a strong showing. I think they're going to go 50-50 until their quarterback comes back, if he comes back this season. And then uh, Penn State, you know, they, they sputtered a little bit put some uh, window dressing up towards the end of the game. And that was kind of the difference on the over on that one. My picks this week, like I said, I'm staying on the heater between TCU and K-State. It's it's 59 points. They're going to score way more than that. So don't even go ahead, Joe. It's actually 55 and a half, brother. So I oh, it's 50, 100%. <laughs> it's 55 and a half. What game, you know, it, what, what teams are they now. scouting? Yeah. Yeah. What teams are they scouting? Because you know, it's going to be way higher than that. Uh, this one's a little bit touchy for me. But uh, I hope the line moves a little bit more. I think Minnesota will cover four and a half. I think Penn State is looking for an upset. They've already had an emotional letdown playing against uh, Michigan this this last week. And, you know, this is the battle of the also-rans in their respective divisions. But I think P.J. Fleck, you know, tends to get 
his team ready to go. I'm going to say Minnesota to cover four and a half, but I think it'll be a field goal or less in this one. It's probably maybe an overtime game is my prediction on that one. And then, of course, I'm I'm going to be bold in this one and, and take the under on Wake and BC. Uh, when I initially looked at it, it was 61 and a half. I think Wake will score 40, 45, but I don't see Boston College scoring 20, 21 points. So I think take the under on that one. And uh, Joe, over to you. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, Boston College is averaging 20 points flat on offense for the season. So uh, they're not going to get to that number against Wake Forest. Um, so I like that pick. So, all right, I'm 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 rolling on a heater, boys. I'm nine and one in my last ten, three and zero oh last week. Uh, Clemson covered. Uh, Illinois was a dog, and they won outright. And then uh, I cannot remember my third, but was it what? Doesn't matter. I just checked it before I got here, but it was it was uh, Illinois. I'm I'm actually gonna roll with them until they lose but uh i got syracuse plus 13 and a half sorry i was i was looking at something there and uh got lost on it but i got i got syracuse coming into clemson clemson only beat florida state by six points and they look very very uh touchable syracuse has got a been playing really well um their defense is averaging 13.2 points a game they're only giving up 95 rush yards. So I'll take Syracuse in the points, plus 13 and a half there. I like the spoiler makers going into Wisconsin, getting two points. I don't see how that's possible. But I got Purdue plus two at Wisconsin. Um, and I'm taking Oklahoma State plus six against Texas. I think that's going to be a very close game. I, th- I think Texas probably comes out with the W if that game goes to overtime. But I got Oklahoma State plus six. And then I don't want to piggyback off one of yours, but... Uh, I'm going to have to take the over in the TCU game. And I might parlay that with TCU minus three, but I love the over 55 and a half. So there's four there. Uh, TCU, Kansas State over 55 and a half. Oklahoma State plus six. Purdue plus two. And Syracuse plus 13 and a half. So I'm going all dogs here. Yeah. And and that's fair because, I mean, that's what got me last week was is kind of leaning towards the <laughs> leaning towards the teams that were looking that were that were dogs last week maybe it'll turn around but again like one of the things that we're going to talk about and we kind of teed it up for this week but we'll tease it for next week is uh how rushing wins football and we'll we'll dive into the numbers a little bit deeper but you, you got to think the winningest teams in college football run the ball well and usually it's just something out of a change up to you know keep the defense honest but it also sets up play action and every team now unfortunately I think is running some type of some variation of RPO, which drives me insane, but uh, we'll dive into that a little bit deeper next week, just because uh, Dan is on the go and we haven't gotten into the numbers as deep as we would like. But all that being said, this is going to be another great week of college football. We're at the halfway point folks. Can you believe it? We are in week eight. Holy moly. And then, you know, the rest of the season will play out and then we should get next week or the following week, right before Halloween really is when it comes out, will be the first uh, college football playoff rankings. I don't see much change in the top four. I think it'll be the the ranked teams right now, unless somebody loses between now and then. So I think your top four seeds will be Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, and Michigan. So you have Georgia and Michigan, which will be a rematch from last year's playoff, if it continues to stay the way that it is. 
and then you have Georgia or Ohio State and Tennessee. I think that would be a great game. Like, I want to see those guys play like today. It was right? Tennessee was my, was my third pick last week, by the way. I took Tennessee plus seven. There you go. Yeah, I think – I think uh, if if the matchups stay the way that they are, Clemson will be on the outside looking in. But that's not because of you know it's not because of their play in the conference. It's just because they just don't look as impressive as those other four teams. But all that being said, uh, we thank you guys for checking us out. This has been uh, the Two O's and an NCO Show or Ring Knocker Radio. We thank you guys for checking us out. Hey, make sure remember, and we'll say it one more time: if you don't have money to bet, don't bet at all. If you've got uh, if you've got access to FanDuel or some some of the other like crazy betting services that are out there, you know, take your chances. But you know, always look at the ones that kind of give you some money back for the for the prelims, just to try it out. If you lose your money or you don't make any money back, you probably shouldn't be betting. That's probably a fair point. But uh, other than that, we look forward to doing this one next week, and we'll see what the fallout is from this weekend. But again, you've got all three service academies in action this weekend, and we got some good matchups. The Battle of the Purples between TCU and K-State. If you're not watching that game, I think you're going to be sorely disappointed if you like offense. But other than that, I am Rob the Angry Colonel for Trigger Joe in the great state of Michigan and Dano Ikebesa in the Big Apple, which is uh, slightly uh, more attractive than the Little Apple. If you've never been to Manhattan, Kansas, you are not missing much. But uh, we'll see you guys next week with the College Football Roundtable, and we'll check you guys out later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Ask for Football College Football Roundtable. Tune in next week as the AFF team brings you more hot takes and college football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first platform to perform online auctions and sales for farm animals. BuyerBarn.com is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are extending a special discount to military veterans who want to help in the revolution of the family farm. Go to BuyerBarn.com forward slash military. That's BuyerBarn.com, B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more and to get started or email them at info at BuyerBarn.com. Thanks again for listening to Ask for Football College Football Roundtable and as always, Beat Navy.